Siyata Dishmaya. Parashas Shemais. We start Sefer Shemais. We get Sefer. We finish Sefer Barashas with all of the lessons that it included. Now, Be'ezus Hashem, we start Sefer Shemais with the Shibud of Mitzrayim beginning, of course, in this week's parasha for the next few weeks. And Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to come up with a very, very classic, poshut but important lesson in this week's parasha, which I believe, again, as we always say in the parasha, there's, there's no chidushim over there. I don't think we're saying any chidushim. I just think we're saying lessons that I think all of us could learn and be machazik ourselves in the inyanim of the parasha. Each of them, Be'ezus Hashem, are life lessons. Today is no exception. So we have a Gavaldiga beginning of the parasha talking about we know the famous Rashi that tells us the first Rashi in Sefer Shemois that tells us how much the Rabbi Shem loved Klal Yisrael. He wanted to constantly count them and count them because of this tremendous love for Klal Yisrael. And then the Torah tells us like this in Pesach Vav an entire generation including Yosef died they left this world, and the next generation was there. When Yisrael Poru, the Yishutzu, the Yirbu, the Yatsumu, the Maoid, Maoid, by Tumale Haoretz, Oisom. And as the pasuk continues, Vayokom Melech Chodosh Al Mitzrayim, Ashaloyoda as Yosef. See, here we have this new king that arose up as the Poshet Pshat. Over Mitzrayim, this brand new king, Vayokom Melech Cholosh Al Mitzrayim, Ashelo Yodas Yosef. Rashi brings a Chazal, a Gemara in Saitad Yodalaf, that says, and there's different opinions obviously, but according to one Pshat in the Gemara, it means that Abadir was the same Melech, it was the same Paroi. This was exactly the same Paroi that knew Yosef. And he was here, still right now, by the new generation of Klal Yisrael. But what? He made out, what's Pshat in the Posuk, Yosef. No, no, he made out Ki'ilu, he didn't know Yosef. Of course he knew Yosef. But he made out, basically, he conveniently forgot. Right? Selective hearing, as we call it in many cases, right? That many of our kids have that, many. Whatever you want to call it. Selective hearing. You know, some things you do, some things you don't. So it seemed to be this parai had this, this selective hearing. This Yosef all of a sudden. Who's Yosef? I don't know anything about Yosef. Same king, different values. Now, Rabbi Sai, there's a way that, you know, sometimes you grow up and you always, like, picture something in a certain way. And then you finally learn, like, in the normal way and it shatters everything. Like everything you grew up with, the little coloring books you came back as kids from little gun and whatever it was, then you come back and, and what power looked like with the horns, you know, the big horns and the steam coming out and that big red stick and that's this is Parai, this terrible Russia. And here he is in this week's Parsha, forcing Klali Yisrael to do tremendous Avoida Kosha, which is the whole story of Shiva Mitzrayim and eventually the Gula and Pesach and everything. What a terrible Russia. So this would be Yaakov Kamenetsky and Embassy Yaakov, hold on a minute. Just Think for a moment what happened. He takes us back a moment in history to understand who is Parim, what is he doing? What's the Pshat? And maybe it'll give us a little bit of a different perspective with a tremendous lesson for our own lives. And says Rebekah Kamenetsky, what is the Pshat? Why is Parim doing this? So we learned, what do you mean? He's a Russia. He wants them to work. Why is Parim doing this to Gladius Saul? He just wants them to work. Very simple. Says Rebekah Kamenetsky, if you think about it, or if you go through it properly, it actually comes out that maybe Paro was even justified in doing what he did to Kalal Yisrael. And he explains as follows. He says, let's, let, let's make the cheshman, let's make the calculation of exactly what happened over here, okay? 
Every bit of property, every bit of real estate, every person belonged in Mitzrayim. Goy. Who did he belong to? It belonged to Pari. How do we know that? Because then when there was a famine, and there was nothing available for anyone to eat, what did Yosef HaTzadik tell everybody to do? Sell yourselves. Sell your, sell your land. Sell your animals. Sell your possessions. Sell everything you have to Paroi. So you'll get food. And they had no choice because they were starving. So they had to get food. So they sold everything. See here have I said, just think that, make the scene, picture the scene. You've got all the Egyptians living in Egypt who don't own even themselves because Paroi owns them because they sold everything for food. They don't own the houses. They don't own the land. They don't own the animals, which is the source of Parnassa. They own nothing. They are total, completely to Parai. And there's this nation, these Jews, who are totally free. Who have land, who have themselves, who have animals. Excuse me. Why are the foreigners on holiday? Why are the foreigners over here relaxing? Everything's okay for them when us, this is our land, we live here. And we're treated like slaves? Can't be. Para comes along and says, you're absolutely right. They're bigger than us. They're more than us. It's an incredible thought if you think about it. Here's the Egyptians in Egypt who own nothing. And Para says, hold on a minute. The Jews are going free. They have everything they need. And the Egyptians, and this is their land, have nothing. So we've got to do something about this. Equal rights. Equal rights. We've got to make the Jews do the same. Why is there no reason why the Jews shouldn't pay any more taxes than the people who live in the land? So do in this country. What, just because you come from Chotzo, you don't have to pay tax? Of course you do. Equal rights. No, that's what Paro was doing. So bad. Think about it. So bad. Was Paro doing anything terrible? The Egyptians did the same thing. They gave themselves up basically to Paro. So the Jews are doing the same thing. So what's so bad? What's this tremendous riches of Paro? Oh my gosh. Terrible. He's making the Jews work. Big deal! Equal rights! That's what he did. You with me? Okay. Says Rabbi Kamenetsky. There's got to be something deeper than this. There's got to be something deeper that tells us why his power looked upon so badly. What did he do so wrong? Obviously he took it further than he was meant to. But what did he do so wrong? And like Rabbi Kamenetsky explains very simple. In two words. Two very, very important words. And these are very, very important words for anybody that wants to get married, anybody that wants to stay married, anybody that wants to have a good relationship with anyone, anybody that wants to have a good relationship with the Rabbani Yishalayim. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, two words. That was it. If Paro for one moment would have taken a step back and said, hold on a minute, why are the Jews free? Why do they have better rights than the Egyptians? Because how did I get to this stage? I got here because of Yosef. I got here because Yosef Atzalek brought me to this situation because he understood, he anticipated what would happen and he built me up. Oh, let his nation go. Let his nation have freedom. Let his nation have whatever they want. But no, I shall know Yoda as Yosef. He made out, eh, what's the big deal? Who needs it anyway? That, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, was the big mistake of power. And that's a lesson for our lives. The Chinuch, when the Chinuch discusses the mitzvah of Kibbut of Eim, the Chinuch writes as follows. And the Chinuch says, what is the shayrish of a mitzvah of Kibbut of Eim? 
So the Chinuch writes, it's to recognize the tremendous chesed that our parents do for us, and they are the reason for our existence in the world. And he says, you owe them the world from everything they did from you from the moment you were born until you leave this world. And when a person realizes this, says the Chinuch, all of a sudden, you will then have a chorus to do a Bainu Learns the Chinuch, Gavaldagi Yasod in a chorus if you want to have a chorus to the Rabbani Shalom, if you want to have a chorus to the, to the Rabbani Shalom that brought you into this world, the only way, the way to do it, the vehicle that gets you there, is to have a chorus to people. That's the only way. That's the Mahalach. It's almost impossible for a person to have a chorus directly to the Rabbani Shalom if he doesn't start from somewhere else. There's another way. The person recognizes everything the Rabbani Shalom gives him. But if a person starts to have a korosatoyu to other people, if a person recognizes what he owes to other people, that's a whole different world. And you know, it's very, very interesting because we're not born with, you know, natural korosatoyu. A baby, as we know, is born with their wrist closed. And you die with your hand open. Because when you come into the world, you want everything. You want everything. Everything's mine. It's in my hand. Everything belongs to me. When you leave the world, you open your hand because you realize nothing is yours anyway. That's why a baby is born into this world. We don't naturally have a korosatoyv. But I want to bring you two in- interesting rayas to what exactly does it mean a korosatoyv. Number one, the Gemara tells us in Bab Metziah, the Gemara talks about ein mavirin ala oichlin. Right? You cannot pass over, you can't step over food, right? Whether or not you're allowed to step over food, we're not going to go into the parameters of the aloha right now, but it's asa. Let me ask you a question. Does the food feel anything when you step over it? Like, does it, does it bother the food for a moment? Do you think the food is upset when you step over the food? No. So what's the purpose of the halacha? What's the problem? That's question number one. That's raya number one. Raya number two. Next week's parasha, parasha Veira. What does the Torah tell us by Moshe Rabbeinu? And Moshe Rabbeinu was told to smite the Nile. What did Moshe Rabbeinu say? I can't do it. Give it to my brother Aaron. Because I was saved. What do you mean you were saved? You know that the river was doing the natural thing by just you know, flowing you along in the basket. Did something special for you? You think the Nile realizes when you smite it? Aha! I helped you. Why didn't you help me? It's a Nile. It's a bit of water. Come on. Seriously? It, it really makes you think the Nile really feels it. What do you mean more What are you talking about? I can't do it. How is that time? Rav Desla in Mechtar Belyon and Chile Gimel brings these two rays, these exact examples as the examples to define to us what is HaKoros HaToyf. And often people think that, you know, do, I, do you think I have to give him something? Do you think I have to thank him? Do you think I have to... Well, he's not, he doesn't know, he doesn't care. Says Rav Desla, what is HaKoros HaToyf? HaKoros HaToyf is for us. It's not for the other person. And then we see that from the two examples that Rav Desla brought. Number one, by Inma Avir Mala Oichlin. The Oichl doesn't care whether you step on it. And number two, the Nile didn't care if Moshe Rabbeinu gave it a hit in order to turn it into blood. But that's not HaKoros HaToyf. HaKoros HaToyv is for us. It's for us to realize what we owe to somebody else. How many times do people do things for us that we don't even recognize what they do? We don't even value it in any way. And that, says the Chinuch, if you, if you want to have any HaKoros HaToyv to the Rabbani Shalom and every single one over here owe the Rabbani Shalom worlds of HaKoros HaToyv for bringing us into the world and giving us tremendous brachas and giving us our health and giving us everything that we have. Tremendous, tremendous. You want to start? Start by having a close attack to somebody else. Start by recognizing that it's not because 
they did something, it's because you owe them. That's what a Korosetoyv is. A Korosetoyv isn't they, they deserve it, they need it, they care, all of that is irrelevant. A Korosetoyv is a midah that we have to have within ourselves. They say that the only, la- the only uh, picture that they have of a Velilopian is of feeding a cat some milk. The, I think that's what they say. It's one of the only pictures that they have. What's the pshat? The pshat is because he had a chorus atoyf. And as a chorus atoyf for the cats, they helped out with the mice, whatever it may be. Unbelievable. Yeah, a chorus atoyf. It's a cat. Rachmov al says the apostle continue. We have to have Rachmonas and everything. When a person instills within him the midah of Akoros HaToyv, when a person instills in this midah that if someone does something for me, I have to, I have to pay them back. Then says the Chinuch, maybe we'll get to the Madriga of Akoros HaToyv to the Rabbi Nishalonim of Pam Zatzel. So Rabbi Pam once asked somebody that blew him the shofar in his home, they made a special minion of Shona in his house, and he asked them, please, can they do it in a certain way that was his Chumrah, that he was mucked to listen to the Tekiahs on Rosh Hashanah, and they did it in a certain way, and it was very, very difficult, and he was very, very happy. And he said, years later, years later, he met this person, and every single time he met this person, he said, I want to thank you for what you did. I still remember. What was it? He blew the shofar. No, so he remembered a little bit more. But he always thanked him. They bring down their palm used to go. Whenever time he made an Agudis uh, convention, he would run into the kitchen, and he would thank everyone over there. Did he need to? No. Were they getting paid? This is, the, this is by the way, this is like the people, that, oh, he's getting paid, right? He's <laughs> anyway getting paid, so what's the difference? It again, it's not a matter of does he deserve it. It's not a matter of does he need it or does he care about it. It's the value that you instill within yourself in order to have hakoros atoyv to somebody else. You know, I think I mentioned this once before, but when I was in America, so I remember I was being somebody gave me a ride, and he tells me that he um, he drives around some of you know some of the. Some of the big, you know, uh, the speakers, the big famous Jewish speakers all over to this one, to that one, whatever it was. And he said to me an amazing thing. He told me that when he drives them around and they, get, they speak, people go over to them and they thank them so much and you gave me so much chizak and whatever it was. And, and, and they come into the car and the guy's like, you know, the speaker's like, oh, wow, it's amazing. I got so much chizak from that guy saying thank you. It's incredible. He's like, come on, you're like, you've got thousands of people listening to you. You think, like, what, does it really make a difference? He said, absolutely. I'm a human being. And a human being always wants to thank you. And a human being feels valued. It makes a whole different thing. And it's such an important thing because, you know, the Rambam brings down in Tefillah. Shinsha Pinkus brings this in Sha'arim Tefillah. The Rambam says that the first three brachas of Shemayna Esra are shvach. We're giving shvach to the Rabbi Nishmana. The Rambam says then the Akiv. Explains with Shinsha Pinkus that's all. If you want the Rabbi Nishmana to continue and continue giving everything he does, you have to thank him. And you have to really thank him. You have to appreciate everything that the Rabban Shem gives you. Rabbi Say, the Chinuch tells us the secret of in person getting a Korosatoy to the Rabbi Nishloilam. Yosef HaTzadik Par over here is teaching us the Yisoyed that if a person is a Kofoy Toiva, if a person is someone that denies the Toiva, you know why says Rabarin, the Mishnah says Rabarin, what's the reason why a person doesn't have a Koros HaToiv? Because he feels that everything's coming to him. Yeah, I deserve it. Why not? There's no reason I shouldn't have it. That's a Kofoy Toiv. If you feel that everything is coming your way, then you're a Kofoy Toiv. And over here, Pari is teaching us a tremendous Yesod. He forgot one thing. Yes, equal rights. Yes, he wanted everyone to be equal. But the Akaros HaToyv that you have to have 
for another human being that does something for you is something that lasts a lifetime. We know this from Gedolim. We know this from many situations in our own lives. But boy, say, think about this lesson. Think about this tremendous limit of our Satoiv. It's a midah that we have to instill in ourselves. And if we do that, we'll be able, Be'ez Hashem, to have the most tremendous relationships in our own lives. And Be'ez Hashem also instill in us the Gavaldiga Siyata Dishmaya that we'll be able to have a relationship eventually with the Rabbi Yishmael.